Welcome to Business Unmuted, business discussion programme for the north of England, which is also available on all good podcast sites. The programme is being brought to you in association with Virtue BMW, part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. So if you're in the market for a new used or fleet vehicle, its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton or York. This week, Prince Charles stepped in to deliver the Queen's speech to Parliament, setting out the government's legislative agenda for the coming year. It was a mixed bag of new plans, long-made pledges and a handful of handover bills covering Brexit, the environment, education, energy, the cost of living and all the things we've covered extensively on Business Unmuted before. Leveling Up featured prominently with commitments to more devolution in England and a promise to give local people more powers to shape planning decisions. A new UK infrastructure bank will support the regional and local economies and deliver net zero. And to allow the government to make the most of opportunities created by the departure from the EU, a Brexit freedoms bill is set to make it easier to scrap EU laws. My guests today, though, to discuss anything they want related to business, not necessarily all of that, are Dr Hugh Williams, the head teacher for Yarm School, Steve Hugill, editor of this great magazine, Northeast Times, it's a great business magazine, you'll see it on coffee tables around the region, and Gareth Smith, CEO with Hilton Smythe Business Advisor, which buys and sells business or moreover sells businesses on behalf of owners around the north of England and elsewhere. So welcome all. Steve, I've got your magazine here. It's full of great glossy stories. Most of them are very positive. All the news is negative though. Do you think that really the north of England is in dire economic situation as the media might portray or as your magazine might portray, uh, portray is it more positive? I think I think the, the word dire might be a bit uh, strong. Um, I think certainly from our experience of, of putting the magazine together each month, of seeing the people who, you know, who we go and speak to, um, we're certainly seeing a lot more positivity now. Um, coming out of the back of COVID, um, there's a lot more investment, there's a lot more intent. Um, it feels like the, you know, the shackles have been released a little bit with, with a lot of people. Um, certainly in the last week, I've been to a couple of events and I've been out to a couple of factories. Um, and, and the mood there was positive, um, you know, whether it's around the, the green revolution with our automotive sector in this region and the, and the opportunities we have there with people like British Vault in Northumberland and Nissan at Sun, in Sunland, um, or whether it's uh, things like on, on the front of the, of the magazine there. Um, you, know, uh, uh, it, you called it Maintaining Momentum, Ram Seagal, Inspiring Stories for Modern Business, mm-hmm. and you've got so many of them. Roman's a good story. He's just got investment to, to expand the business internationally further. He's what is this? his business? He's, he's in PR and comms, um, yeah. yeah, so he looks, he looks after um, companies and sports companies in the pharma sector, biotech sector, uh, founded in Newcastle, set up a base in Boston in America uh, three years ago, maybe slightly more, um, and he's now looking to expand further into Europe as well as further into America, just got some funding to do that. Um, there's, there's another story in there with, with the Helix development in Newcastle, which is another biotech mm. uh, development, um, and the National Innovation Centre for Ageing, um, which is doing a, a big new, I think it's £5.6 million, pounds, um, Internet of Caring Things development. And there's an, that, that story about the Helix has made the uh, front page of the journal as well, £60 mm-hmm. million being pumped into the Newcastle uh, City uh, Science. 
Science Park. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that's all good news. Absolutely. Some of it as a result of the evolution. Some of it, some that the, the Science Park dates back to George Osborne's day as Chancellor, and the uh, good work by the City Council as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, other areas of the business uh, sector. Let's talk to uh, uh, Hilton Smythe, and we got Gareth Smith on the line. Now, you uh, sell businesses on behalf of owners. They tend to be small businesses, everything from coffee shops in the Yorkshire Dales to pubs to uh, factory units and so on. So what's the market like for business sales and business purchases? I think the market is still very strong. I know we've been on and discussed this uh, previously and, and you know we sort of touched on uh, strong demand from buyers. That strong demand continues and, and actually what we're seeing is increases in, in prices, even down to our clients' businesses and, and looking at you know their own profitabilities. Um, things seem to be very much on the road to recovery out of, out of COVID. Uh, and actually, you know, we're seeing some good numbers from our clients. So that in turn is, is leading to better prices being paid. Um, and as I say, lots of demand from buyers um, and probably less demand from, from sellers in, in truth. If you look at, maybe take a, a hypothetical example, uh, let's say uh, a, a restaurant type of business that's in a, a town centre that's got a reasonable track record and is well known, is up for sale um, and it, it might cost in the low hundreds of thousands of pounds maybe. Uh, is the fact that that kind of money, which might be in some people's retirement pots, will deliver a greater return than putting it in the bank or in even bonded investments? Yeah, I mean, even with um, with the recent interest rate um, adjustments, you know, savings still isn't really returning any any reasonable investment. Um, and, and similarly, I guess bonds, you know, the very very low rate of return. So, a, a good business with with a low capital requirement and a you know a low capital structure in terms of debt requirement is a fantastic purchase and, and will return typically more than you would get in the bank. So so yeah, it's a good use of of funds and of course i would say that but but generally it is what's stock like because i know with estate agents a more traditional way of selling business because it's the bricks and mortar element of uh, somebody's house or property uh stock is not brilliant people aren't coming to the market um no i mean it's probably a sign of of the numbers we're seeing from our clients you know they are recovering from COVID, and i think probably the initial thoughts for a lot of people maybe approaching retirement on on the back of COVID was maybe, yeah, we we want to look at at exiting the business. And then I think as things start to improve, maybe the, you know, the thought changes. So we'll hang on a bit, you know, we'll we'll, we'll generate a bit of money back and maybe see the bounce back or the the C-bill loan out and then maybe look at exit options. Um, When actually when the market's buoyant and there's lots of activity is a good time to to look at, at, you know, attracting the right buyer mm, okay well uh, let's talk about a different element of business now, i'm not talking about the school as a business although your school yarn school is a very uh, successful business uh, in teesside um, but when it comes to business itself what what do you what do you find that your young people uh, are, are aspiring to i know that they're that a lot of them are doing business courses business and economics are very popular courses at A-level at uh, Yarm, absolutely, and and young people are fascinated by the political world, the business world, and and how they can make a career out of the things they're interested in. Um, I mean, as as an example, we run now for 10 years, we've run a a fantastic business competition based on Lord Sugar's Apprentice, Yarm Apprentice, and and it's a really aspirational thing for our pupils to be involved with. They run a, a range of 
courses over the course of a year, a range of, of challenges and projects they have to project manage, they have to work as a team, and actually for us, helping them understand the way in which businesses work and the skills you need to run a successful business, to work together, to, to solve problems. Those are things that our employers are looking for as well. So our pupils are heavily invested in, in their own journeys, as you'd expect. They're very literate in, in business and, and economics and, and politics. Um, even those that aren't studying those subjects on the whole, they're really, really interested. Um, and I'd say that the journey they, they look to take is changing as well, actually. I think tertiary education historically for our students has always been a university place pretty much is the place you're looking for but business is taking initiative and changing the landscape there so that um, apprenticeships that businesses are running are becoming a really attractive option for A-level students looking to take a different career path perhaps straight into employment with the support of a business. Let's talk for our viewers and listeners about Yarn School. You're the head teacher Hugh and you've been there for a number of years but relatively recently joined. Um, it is an independent school, not a business in so much as a, it seeks to make a, a huge profit and things but it, it is business-like in the way it runs mm-hmm. and you are very well uh, ingrained in the Teesside business uh, community. What is your assessment of how the area you operate in is doing economically and what kind of uh, investments and, and plans have you got for yourself? Um, just as, uh, before I get to that, a quick comment on the on the school, the model of the school. It's a charity and, and, and a business to the extent that it employs, obviously, yes. a number of employees. It's business-like so, rather so, than so, a business. So reinvesting any surplus mm. in, in the objects of the charity, which are to educate young people in yes. this part of the world. So anything that we, that we um, you know, that at the end of a year is a surplus goes back into making yeah. sure that we're providing the best possible education we can for our pupils now and our pupils in the future. Um, in terms of the the region, I mean, I've like it's three years since I got here, so a term pre-COVID and then COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been a challenge for for, for for the school, but also I'm very we're very conscious of the challenge that's been for the families who invest their hard-earned money in sending their children to Yarm School, and we're conscious of that. But actually, the resilience of the Many business leaders who are parents in our, on business business owners who are parents in our in our school, the resilience they've shown in getting through COVID actually surprised all of us. We were all very worried at the beginning, as many of us were, mm. and what the impact would be. Um, but a v- variety of interventions and support and and, and innovation and, and resilience from the business owners has been remarkable, actually. And you, as you say, you are investing. I was lucky enough to take a, a trip round the school uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I, I know it quite well. But by goodness me, uh, it would surprise many people to see the facilities you've got: rowing, mm-hmm. uh, you've got the theatre, of course, uh, and uh, your science labs. They are a wonder to behold. So, what is your investment priority going forward? We are. I mean, very proud of the school site, and I, and I can't take claim any credit for that because, as you as you know, I've been there for this is my third year in, in the role. I'm very lucky to be at your school. Um, the facilities are outstanding, and that, that they, they would compare with independent schools anywhere in the country, really, in terms of the quality of the facilities. And we we don't want to st- to stand still. Um, we're not investing for the sake of it, though. We're looking to make sure we add value. So we are looking at the prep school at the moment. We've just finished recently a, a new car park in Yarm, which whilst not a glamorous um, a project, actually has made a real significant difference and really improved um, uh, the, the, the safety of our pupils and parents and, and the traffic in Yarm. Infrastructure development absolutely. It's, the, it's the less glamorous but more important side of investment. And that's the first step in a, in a project which will look to, to 
um, improve some of the prep school facilities. So we run from three to 18. So our prep mm-hmm. school is on, is on site as well. And that's the next big project that we're looking to invest in is um, a, a redevelopment of one of the buildings of the prep school. But there are lots of ideas and plans of, about how we can add value to make sure that we're given the best product. All right, let's talk in more general terms then, because uh, we've heard about the school, we've heard about uh, the uh, Hilton Smythe uh, Agency. The, the general theme of the economy at the moment is one of doom and gloom. If you read most commentators, it's, it's all about inflation, it's all about in, uh, growth or lack of. There's still residual commentary about Brexit uh, and the Northern Ireland Protocol and so on. But there was one commentator I was reading uh, this week in the Daily Telegraph, Jeremy, Wine, uh, uh, Jeremy Warner, uh, and he says, and I hold it up for the viewers, that Britain needn't talk itself into a recession. And it struck me as something that we, we really, if we, were, if we were being like uh, Ian Drury and the Blockheads, reasons to be cheerful, one, two, three. And he gives three reasons. One is that he's saying that a lot of the, um, uh, the predictions and the, uh, the, uh, the economist forecasts suggest that energy and commodity prices will be perpetually high when they could come down with the global economy uh, faltering a bit. Second is that uh, it looks as though no one has priced into their forecasts the likely changes that Sunak as Chancellor will bring by some kind of injection via tax. Uh, and a tax cuts or, or, or some other measure. And three, the, the Bank of England's forecast predict that interest rates will reach 2.5%, but recently the governor has been saying, no, they probably won't. But all the forecasts are thinking they will. So that's the big global reasons that maybe we shouldn't be as, as miserable. Have you got any thoughts about whether whether there is any, any other reason why you wouldn't be miserable? What, what about you, Gareth? What are your reasons to be cheerful? Well, I think, like I said before, you know, our market is very buoyant and, and activity is, is very good. And I think you, you do have to be careful that you don't talk yourself into a recession. And, and you know, the news, of course, will deliver all the negative stuff typically. Um, and I'm sure there's, there's lots of positives. I mean, from my point of view, in terms of, of our customers and our clients, you know, we have seen, um, you know, increases to, corporation tax we have seen increases to national insurance contributions uh, we've got energy increases supplier increases so there is a lot of negativity but i think that is being you know addressed by people are still spending um there are challenges still on the high street as we know and and there's there's been various things mentioned around this uh, lease auction which is a cracker's idea to be quite honest but, but there we go um it's not going to achieve anything um you know, there's there's a lot of negatives, but but it is being for the most part. It, it's amazing. I, I ask you to be cheerful. You give me a load of negatives, I, I, but then I, say I, it's I all can't. going very well. I mean, one of the biggest cheerful re- things that I I could think of is that actually we are not, we are almost in full employment. You know, there are more vacancies than there are jobs, and it would be terrible if we were renting all this uh, cl- uh, this stuff with more unemployment. I think we have to be careful with with the optimism insofar as you know things are still increasing and and margins are squeezing mm. and that can only go on for so long before it starts to turn the tide. So yes, it is positive and we've got some really good unemployment rates. But word of caution is that margins are being squeezed because prices are increasing, taxes are increasing, quite the opposite to what the, you know, the Conservative government's all about. And, and, and the problem is that is going to have an impact at some point. Uh, hopefully it is counteracted in the next, you know, the next budget, but we'll see. Okay. Steve. 
Give us a reason to be cheerful. <laughs> I was going to set off talking about cost of living and things like that, but um, no, I mean, yeah, I guess to echo what's being said there, um, we are we are starting to see some positive change. I think finally now we're, we're coming out of the the COVID fatigue, fingers crossed anyway, from, certainly from the, 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 the messages that I'm getting and the conversations I'm having. Um, Brexit, with the latest announcement in the Queen's speech there, hopefully that goes another way to helping our exporters and companies from this region and further afield deal with the EU in, in a much better and more streamlined way. I think confidence is returning slowly. Obviously, we can't ignore cost of living, rising mm. energy prices, you know, and everything else that's coming together. And he's going to cause you know, problems, and going to continue causing problems. But I think for the North East business community at the moment, I think the outlook is, is, relative, is one of relative positivity. There's investment coming back in again now. There's, there's people being taken on. There's job creation plans coming to fruition. There's new buildings going up in city centres and towns to get these businesses here. I think we're also at the forefront of some of the solutions to the problems that Gareth quite rightly highlighted. For instance, energy. Take energy costs. On the Tees, on the Tyne, up in Blythe, uh, and then down to the Humber, massive investment mm -hmm. in the Dogger Bank offshore wind farm, yes. uh, which is really now starting to happen. And that, that is, it, it's, it's affecting employment, yeah. uh, it's got spades in the ground, uh, and it's affecting products that are being made. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a new industry that yeah. we're going to be at the front of. Definitely. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right with, with Teesworks and people like GE moving in there with the blades. Equinor moving into the port of Tyne. You mentioned Blythe as well. I touched on it before about the automotive sector mm. with Nissan Envision, British Volt making the batteries for, for electric vehicles. Obviously, Nissan's already made the leap for a number of years, so it's been at the forefront, but this is just going to keep us there. Um, so in terms of the, the green revolution, if you like, we are very much at, at, at that The vanguard. costs are in the transition, though. I mean, mm -hmm. I, of my staff cars, uh, for there's about it's a small business, I think five or six staff cars, mm -hmm. of which four are electric, mm -hmm. and everyone's very happy. They've got a tax incentive and it doesn't cost as much, and they're not worried about petrol prices. Mm -hmm. The rest of us, whoa, <laughs> yeah. petrol prices are, are sky high. It's, it's, it's a very fair point. And again, I was at an SMMT event last week, um, um, and the point raised there was, you know, moving the way we are is great. More people are, you know, the sales of electric vehicles are, are higher than they've ever been. But the inf go back to the word infrastructure, mm. um, that needs to keep pace. We need to have more charging points and we need to ensure that, you know, people buying these cars, I think that we've gone from range anxiety was the phrase to charge anxiety. Yes. Where am I going to charge the car? Is it going to run out halfway through? Um, so I think, yeah, infrastructure is key for that. But, but in terms of the wider industry, we're very much at the at the forefront of it, definitely. Okay, and and your reasons to be cheerful, but also before we just segue these two points, do you have charging points at Yarn School? We do. You we do. Have Excellent. Some charging points built into it with infrastructure to add more if we need to in the future. Right. Absolutely, that's part of the plan, and and the sustainability is part of what we're trying to do. We've already got ground source heating that fully um, runs one of our fairly large buildings. We've got air source heating going into one of the new developments in the prep school with with of course you are building a lot of new buildings and they can again it takes time to make them more efficient but when you build a new building it won't have the same kind of bills to run it or it shouldn't yep. as the previous buildings yeah what are your reasons to be cheerful then because i'll give you the last word here thank you i think i think i will link to what's just been said about the region i think we we're really excited about things like the um the darlington campus the economic campus and the the investment in in intellectual capital that's happening there because it's not just people from government covering although that's really exciting it's other businesses following and and for me looking at the young people in the armed school I want them to see 
a career in the northeast because many of them really would want that for themselves. And a recent event I was at that I sort of saw you there as well, Graham, that, that looking to find ways that businesses and sectors can build careers in the northeast is a really positive thing. I think our young people should be looking. They might go somewhere for university to write, find the right course for them, or they might go to an apprenticeship somewhere to build the skills that they need to start a career. But I would hope that they could then build that career in the northeast. And all the investment that's been discussed today is part of the solution to that. We need to keep them here. There's no question about it. Well, thank you all for joining me and thank you for listening and viewing. Now, I'm not with you next week. My good friend Mike Hughes, who's the business editor of the Northern Echo, will be sitting in the host seat and uh, there'll be another business unmuted next time. Thank you. <laughs>